Welcome back to your favorite podcast. It's Hoop Therapy, brought to you by your co-host, Kayshawn, a.k.a. Killer K, a.k.a. the King of Queens, a.k.a. your favorite Tar Heel. And with me, as always, my highly, highly esteemed co-host. It's D-Chaps, a.k.a. Danny C. Uh, pull up a seat back on our couch and enjoy some therapy. Hey, man, it's therapy without a fee. All we ask you like, subscribe, review, and go ahead and hit that follow button. Sit back. We got y'all. And we're live, man. Welcome back. Welcome back. Did you guys miss us? You know, um... We took a little break as the NBA players took a break. Uh, you know, it's, it's been quite the two weeks since we last put something out for you guys. So, you know, we got a pretty fun-filled episode, I think. So, uh, Danny. Yes, sir. What you, what you been up to these past two weeks? Uh, it's been it's been a long week for sure. And it's definitely been uh, crazy to be away from it. Crazy to be away from the NBA for some time. It's just been uh, definitely some crazy times in the world. And I'm glad that we took like a break when we did because a lot of things were going on. You know what I'm saying? And the world's a little crazy at the moment. But here I am regrouped back. Still uh, suffering the pain of the loss from a couple nights ago. Seeing OG slap that three. So OG. Yeah. OG. OG, yeah, killing my vibe. But yeah, man, how how you been? How's everything been for you? Pretty good, you know. Just the the world is crazy, so you got to try to keep your head above somewhere else. You know, it's got to try to stay out the news. Oh, things are gonna get real serious. Like so, I try to well, try to keep some, my head above water. And some personal news. Tell me, man, you didn't even highlight me yesterday. I guess we'll plug it on the pod. Did you actually get your guest feature on Count the Things? Not yet, not yet. That, that's, that's coming okay. soon, coming soon. Well, co- coming soon, coming soon, my guy, Killer K. This is going to be a guest feature on an athletic podcast, real big podcast, big time news. So we're big excited time, for that. You know. Congrats, man. I know you're definitely hyped for that. So hyped. I was waiting yesterday, and then I fell asleep. So they might have called while I was asleep, but I don't think so. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't really see them like uh, up and at it for that. But that's gonna be a dope pod when you hop on there. Thanks, thanks. So uh, the reason we took this break, the NBA players walked out and led by George Hill, who said he wasn't going to play because of the shooting of Jacob Blake in Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, and that led to not only an NBA wide walkout uh, across all leagues, you know, you had MLS teams not playing. There was no baseball hockey even took a night off. So, I mean, to me that just to see the unity amongst, uh, athletes saying, Hey, we're trying to get something done and you guys not even taking us seriously. Um, how do you feel about that? I, I, I thought it was a powerful moment for all parties involved. Well, yeah, no, I definitely think that um, I definitely didn't expect it to uh, kind of like drape over to different leagues. But the fact that it did was definitely like a super strong symbol, super strong message. Um, seeing how everything transpired definitely like made us conversate and like, you know, um, figure out like how we're going to take this and what we think about the news. And that's exactly what the point is, is that, you know, on top of whatever goes on in our day to day, there's some like bigger uh, issues taking on place in the world and like taking a stand no matter which way you think it has to be done there's no perfect way to handle these kind of things and i thought it was awesome to see like leagues that 
might not be as political or as controversial or as uh, openly spoken like you know like you said like hockey and even like baseball taking the nights off and really taking a stand in unity as you know kind of like a fraternity and sorority of athletes and you know i think that one thing we've seen from the bubble and you know from today's climate and from what the nba has done is that as an athlete you do get a bigger voice than what you are and even if you don't have the biggest brand as being a part of that kind of league you definitely have a voice that's stronger than others so i thought it was cool that they actually took a, cha a chance to kind of do something huge and bold and something they really were not allowed to do no matter how many people think that athletes can run how they want to run like that was definitely a bold choice on all leagues parts so i thought it was an amazing message and definitely make me take a second back to like you know reflect and think about everything going on absolutely i mean i think that's just this front street you got all these men getting killed you know unarmed or running away or you know so something has to be done the police gonna be the police on the streets you know protect and serve treat everybody exactly. the same it, it ain't to me it ain't common sense but it know. shouldn't be and it shouldn't be controversial you know at the end of the day no matter what like excuses or reasons you want to tie to it there's no way we should be watching death and looking at it like that and seeing people that you can just clearly see in a way just being treated savagely, you know? Like, I don't care if it's, you know, a guy with the with the dirtiest rap sheet that's, you know, stealing cars left and right. Like, I shouldn't be sitting here on Instagram scrolling down watching him get shot a billion times. If you put him down, put him in jail, and he serves his time, you know? That's exactly. the justice system, you know? It's, it's unfortunate, but I, I, you see these things and you're just, you can feel the inhumane like nature of it so uh it's just changes need to come around soon exactly that's what the system is built for you go from one piece to the next piece to the next piece you know if you do a crime you go to jail do your time come out not oh you committed a crime i can kill you or exactly. whatever so you know we, we gotta follow the steps the procedures you know nobody's like and, and you know i don't have the answers I, you know, I'm just trying to read and learn more and trying to just trying to help out any way I can. You know? Yeah. And that, that's exactly what uh, my, the homie Jalen Brown said. I, I guess there are players meeting and a bunch of other times. And I know a bunch of commentators highlight on it, but, you know, might not have the answers. You know, we're just at a young age. We're over here just like 24, just kind of just learning and grinding. But just because we don't have any answers doesn't mean we won't try. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We're trying our best to, you know, just live in a better world, but we don't have the answers yet. But that's the point of trying to keep things along. And, you know, like, we won't focus today's pod because, like, you know, we've been out and basketball's been there and everybody's missed the content. So we'll definitely have, like, an episode of where we deep dive into these issues and the NBA's impact and the political voices that, you know, we can definitely have deeper and more uh, thorough conversations on. But for now, you know, we definitely just wanted to highlight about the things taking place because it's the elephant in the room at the moment right now. Absolutely. So, uh, I mean, it's no easy way to segue off of that. Of course. But, uh, to, to some, I guess, lighter news, NBA-focused news, we got some awards. The NBA is handing out some awards. Of so course. we got... Sixth man of the year, Montrez Harrell, you know, congrats to that man who beat out his own teammate and Dennis Schroeder for that award. Lou Williams, you mean? Yeah. Uh, John Morant got 99 out of 100 votes for rookie of the year. Now, that's not the thing that surprised me the most. 
I can't believe Kendrick Nunn finished second over Zion. I didn't think people were going to do that. But, you know, mm. shouts out to Ja. Mm-hmm. Giannis Antetokounmpo, defensive player of the year. Beat out Anthony Davis and uh, Rudy Gobert. Gobert. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so shout out to Giannis, even though <laughs> he might be going home soon. And then <laughs> most improved, Kinston Slim, Brandon Ingram. You know, uh, had had a great year down in New Orleans. Beat out Luca and Bam for that uh, award. So you know, shout out to them. You think the uh, the writers and the media made the right choices here? Yeah, I mean, it's clear, like, you know, what is it, four out of five of these that were, or three out of four of these that were clear-cut? I mean, Montrez was kind of just tooted up as the uh, the favorite to win the, 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 the sixth man of the year award, even though when we talked about it, we definitely were, like, in the Schroeder camp, maybe mm-hmm. even the Lulu camp, but it makes sense on why. I mean, and he was clearly, like, the front-runner for that that piece because they wanted, they wanted the Clippers player to be in that role, so you saw that one coming. Ja was, ja was just, you know inevitable because he was just clearly way ahead of the race even if Zion had a good stretch of the year he had a full throughout thorough uh, season so I mean that was you know no debate there and I mean I told you the whole deal with the Kendrick Nunn thing and the other rookies thing that they just had played longer and at a better rate than Zion's short clip of, of great basketball so I mean obviously you know you'd take a couple votes there the Giannis thing, I guess the defensive player of the year was a conversation for the different kind of counting stats, but most of, most of the people wanted Giannis in that position too because the dominance he had on both sides of the court. I think that the amount of minutes played and amount of you know dominance in those minutes stretches just kind of put him up front. And the only interesting one was Ingram because I feel like it could have been taken so many different ways. Mm-hmm. And it was crazy to see that Luka actually ended up being, what, third place? In yeah. Both, so. You know, it was, and Lucas clearly like you know an elite level player, so you would think that he'd be uh, higher up. But yeah, that, that, that's the one that could have went in different directions. But I definitely agreed on him winning it. I congratulate him for winning it because he turned a definitely sour situation into his own. And between the Lakers situation and his health conditions, like he definitely was facing adversity and definitely came back a different player this year. So running into next year, he's definitely got a different resume coming in. And now he's got some hardware to show for it. So I found that one really cool. And that one could have went a bunch of different ways. So I shout out to Brandon Ingram from doing that. Thanks. So uh, the only award left is MVP. The most valuable player. And it looks like that trophy is going to be given outside the bubble. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> we'll see about that. Um so well, I, I mean, we have uh, what Gian- Giannis. I have Giannis winning that, right? So what do you say? Yeah. Hey, I, I have Giannis winning it too. But, and, uh, the, and this could be another testament to saying that if you're gonna wait for this long in the season to give out MVPs, like give them either after account the playoffs or let's let's finally generate a playoffs MVP because this guy's gonna get maybe swept, gone home, pick up his MVP, and then what's the conversation there? It's going to be the same Dirk Nowitzki conversation when uh, he got his MVP in 08 after they lost to the We Believe Warriors. Mm-hmm. He was sitting at home. He, he didn't have that MVP in front of the crowd presentation. I mean, anybody going to get that this year anyway. But, uh, yeah, that, that I think it's going to be a little time. embarrassing. I think it's about time we had a couple of awards. I think we should have a scoring MVP and we should have a playoffs MVP. 
Yeah, no, the playoff MVP is definitely something. Because you only have the finals MVP, but that doesn't, like, encompass the whole thing. Like, Yeah. And then you run into a situation where it's like, uh, like you know, how the, the Warriors stretch was when the Warriors are clearly, like, the obvious favorite, but you have somebody else, like, on a complete tear. Like, I know Kawhi won the finals MVP, but clearly he was, like, the playoffs MVP as well. And yeah. same thing for this year. So it's like even if he runs into a situation that's not ideal in the finals or the finals, you know, narrative completely switches from what the playoffs have been, that's still three series in a row of dominance before that. So I'll give you a, I'll give you a great example of that. Um, Steph Curry and Andre Iguodala. The year Andre won the finals MVP for, quote-unquote, shutting down LeBron. And LeBron mm-hmm. averaged with almost 50 that series or something. 50-point triple-double and shit. <laughs> right. He got this because he was close to LeBron. He got it. But Steph Curry had a, a whole playoffs where he was just killing niggas, just killing them. Mm-hmm. And then once it got to the finals, he kind of slowed down a bit. But, you know, you discounting three rounds of work for just this one little round. Of maybe Andre did a little bit or something. And that's like that's and that goes to show like that that's a perfect example because that's a knock a lot of people put on him is the, the lack of finals MVPs. But how many regular seasons and playoff runs did he go completely on a tear for to just have kind of a different narrative come in the finals? Like you know, it's mm-hmm. if he were to have let's say like a couple playoff uh, MVPs in his, his trophy case, people wouldn't really bring up the whole finals MVP thing, you know? Right. So it's like I don't know. This is. It's interesting. I'm definitely down for a playoff MVP. I mean, they creating awards out of thin air, like bubble MVP and yeah, bubble right. first. So you might as well throw a playoff or at least a playoff first team or something. Let's acknowledge the guys who stepped their game up when the lights got brighter. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's a great idea, too, because it's a different beast in the, in the playoffs. And when you have a kind of comeback story or a dominant story, it's definitely something people remember most, you know, like as a Celtics fan, that, that team that took LeBron to seven games, like I'll be able to talk about that forever. And the fact of the matter is they, they would have earned themselves some spots on the best of that year. So, yeah. But in, in light of starting to talk Celtics and supporting Steph, that means we got to go on the next topic. Oh, well, a little bit of more news. Uh, Steve Nash, you know, can't forget about Steve Nash, who my mom has a nickname for him. I will not say on this podcast, but I will text <laughs> it to you uh, separately. Uh-huh. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Steve Nash gets hired by the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, what do you think about that? I mean, that, that was a total left field signing, but... I- I, I thought it was left field at first, and I was super confused because I was just like, bro, he's really over here doing Champions League soccer halftime shows on <laughs> TNT, and then next thing you know, he's about to coach KD and Kyrie, but it completely slipped my mind. The whole Nash was in the like uh, Warriors camp and became like real close friends with KD, and I remember those like pieces coming out, and like they were having like, they had like a champions or like just like a like a you know mvp kind of like friendship where they just like iq basketball talks all the time and stuff like that so i completely forgot about that and this is another situation of like you know players completely dominating the franchise that they're in and brooklyn is just basically doing as they say and they probably handpicked that coach right there to kind of steer them to where they want to go and you know, at the least with someone like Katie and Kyrie, it's not necessarily how you're going to coach, but how you're going to treat them. So mm-hmm. Steve Nash is a cool guy. And I mean, it's an experiment and a half. And I don't know if you'd throw a 
rookie coach into that role like that, but I guess you just got to keep them happy. So we'll see where Brooklyn ends up in the end of it. I don't really know what they're going to look like. When you think of Steve Nash, you think pass first, you know, fast offense, clean offense, and then Katie and Kyrie are literally, like, the most, like, ISO players in the world. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, weird. it was a weird one. And then, you know, it was like, damn, you, you were thinking that after this bubble run with the Nets and winning that game against the Blazers and just kind of putting in that work, like, that falls would get a shot, you know, mm-hmm. rock it out a little bit. He's he's rallying the guys, and the, these everybody outside the star nets, the undercut nets are really rallying towards like that that hard on coach, that like you know really systemic coach, and he's really like those coaches are putting that supporting cast together really well. I don't know how you put a star studded coach in and get the same kind of production from these guys because you got to remember the drop off right after Kyrie goes down real far. Mm-hmm. And you know, you really to me, you can't really like super judge this move till you see who uh, Steve Nash puts on his payroll. I mean, on his coaching sure. staff. So I mean, they made Jock Vaughn the uh, highest paid assistant coach in the league right now because mm-hmm. I mean they wanted to retain him. So I thought that was a solid move because he, you know, had a solid relationship with a bunch of the guys on the team. And to me, I'm not sure how many guys, how many of those guys going to be on next year's team, but yeah. Uh, I thought at least they acknowledged Jacques Vaughn in a little bit. And it was like, hey, you want to stick around? We'll give you some more money. And, you know, money is the ultimate sign of respect. So True. And I think it. I think outside of titles, I think it's one of those situations where Vaughn is, like, really, like, the X and O's guy. And, uh-huh. you know, Nash is coming in as a personable guy. And maybe that, you know, in our eyes would be one's the real head coach and the other's the assistant. And Steve Nash probably would have been better off coming in an assistant role. But – Due to semantics, you know, you had to hop it around and give him the front title. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's no learning curve. This is a team yeah. that's expected to jump right in and compete. Be the best team in the East, exactly. But that, I don't. That's not going to happen. I mean, because you got KD coming off uh, the Achilles injury anyway. Kyrie mm-hmm. coming off. You never know. Every year he coming off some type of little injury, knee, shoulder. Wrist, ankle, big toe—you know—it's yep. always something with him. So that's going to be a, a tough thing. And looking at the East now, the East ain't no slouches. Nope. The top four, five, six teams—like you—you gonna have to put in some work. I mean, the Nets just can't come out here and expect to just—we're uh, gonna feast on these bad teams. Yeah. We've never seen anybody like Kevin Durant. This man is a seven-foot shooting guard. You know, uh, he tore his Achilles, and it doesn't seem to be a death nail in the career anymore. But it's like, I mean, what is he going to come back as? Uh, how how yeah. does that affect? It's so, always he's always going to be a percentage of himself. Like, there's no possible reason. There's no possible way he's 100% KD on the Warriors. You know, killer. If I mean, with the first year off of Achilles, I guess the highest you can put him up to is like 75 to 80 percent of himself, and that's mm-hmm. like ideal that's the best that's a that's an amazing outcome after an injury like this but the argument is is that 75 to 80 percent of kd is still ahead ahead of ahead a neck ahead of everybody else in the league and then Kyrie himself is supposed to be you know quote unquote the best handler (laughs) and quote unquote a lot of things but so when you you combine the the two finisher under the rim and all types of yeah everything that he gets chopped up for so when you add the two you know, 
it's supposed to be something, you know, intense. So we'll see where they live up to those expectations. And like you said, the team's going to have to make some changes because obviously they're not really built for what they could look like. But yeah. the East, as we see, you know, it's gunslinging right now. So it's going to be Ash is going to be the guy to take this by the ropes. Uh, w- one more thing on this, uh, just just on Kevin Durant. I really hope he does come back, you know, as close to 100% as possible because we saw last year, I mean, in the finals, when he came back from with the little calf injury, just for the 12 minutes before he tore his Achilles, you could just see the whole series shifted. Like, things were different. Oh, yeah. You could feel it. It was like, oh, KD's back. Oh, the Raptors were running scared. And then once that Achilles snap, it was like... And KD go. is easily just one of the best players in the league. And, like, before the whole Warriors run, he was just one of my favorite players to watch because he's just an assassin. And mm-hmm. as soon as you put a couple of good options around him and just slightly take away from, like, the defensive attention, like, he's dist- he's killing you. He's killing you. You put him in an, East- an Eastern series, and a lot of these teams will not, you know, they say in the playoffs, best player really wins the series. He- he's dominating most of these guys. So, you know... He does have one of the biggest impacts because he is one of the insanely... He is the ideal unicorn. He is a seven-foot, absolute knockdown shooter, absolute offensive weapon. And then his warrior stretch show, he's actually a defensive, you know, mm-hmm. positive. So yeah, We're we going to see. That. That's I'm excited for... Uh, I mean, that's next season, but we'll see how the Nets figure out. Is this more of the same old Nets or... Mm-hmm. Are they gonna finally do something, or is change finally here? Change arriving in Brooklyn, probably not, but we will see. <laughs> so, uh, speaking of the East and and teams looking towards their next year, Philly, you know yes, they sir. got they got bounced. Oh, y'all swept them, right? Sweep season, yep. Mm, fire Dick coach. Uh, what's what's next for the Philadelphia 76ers? Ben Simmons is injured. Uh, soon he'll be ready for next season. Joel, you know, conditioning. So what's in store for next season? What does a successful next season for Philadelphia look like? Well, first and foremost, just holy shit. So much shit happens in the NBA, even if it's a slight break, even if it's a few days, like easily the most dramatic league in the world because mm-hmm. literally it's new, popping news at every second, every corner. But, you know, to embark on the Sixers slander that I love to partake in, it's just, <laughs> as a franchise, they're just a mess. And you completely saw, it. like, at first, you know, obviously popping shit. It's like, you know, Celtics running this series, clear favorites, like, easy work. And then I, like, took a second to play devil's advocate and, like, look at what the Sixers got. And even still with Ben missing, it's not a terrible team constructed. Not on at paper all. kind of thing. They have good players. They have players. They have vets. They have a star in JoJo, you know, that could have won them a game or two. And you saw the minutes where Joel kind of dominated first quarters, second quarters. And you're like, oh, if this happens throughout the game, then it's going to be a crazy one. But same thing with him as in Tobias, where it's like the potential is so high, but the actual production is just so low. And they find themselves in a situation where they're not getting anything out of the guys that they're paying or trusting their future into. They're putting they put the first blame on the head coach, which kind of took so much blame for the the process that they had to go through to tank and get these players and now has a complete shift of stars from what he had last year and just a mess of a chemistry. And he's going to he's basically getting a new project each year. And 
you know, him getting booted at first, even though he really has nothing to show for his resume, felt like a scapegoat. Then you move on to their actual star, which is Ben Simmons, who the second he's injured, it seemed like he just tapped out. He's on, you know, on social media, just gaming, just talking to other people, going home. He's he literally just signed to FaZe Clan, and which is one of the top, you know, gaming teams, professional gaming teams out there. And for me, I feel like as as cool as it is, and it's a dope venture, and you know, you gotta be more than what just the sport is, and et cetera. I just feel like mindsets like if you're getting swept, you shouldn't really be sitting at home on your PC playing Call of Duty all summer. <laughs> you should be with your guys in the gym, you know. Then you, yeah. you think you think of the gym and you think of Joel and as much as he's probably putting in the work, the conditioning's just not there. The first quarter, you can open up 10 points, five or five from the field, looking like a complete mismatch. And then you start to worry. But then you see the second quarter die down. And by the time it's the second half, he looks like he just had a full summer of Olympics. Like the man can't even move his legs, you know. <laughs> and it's like then you move on to their second stars, which is Tobias and Al. Al is on his way out and just never fit with that team. That's not a team for him. He's not supposed to be around another center. He should be the five, even though he hates playing it. Mm-hmm. And then you have Tobias, who is a big, versatile offensive scorer who can really have a good face-up game and shoot the ball pretty well and not be such a defensive liability. But when it comes to it, he can hardly get over 10 points, and he can hardly look for his own shots. Then you have no young guys to really fall back on. You have no vets to really like look at in the locker room. You have a terrible front office who constantly wants to be perfect but won't put the work in to actually build a team rather than just sign all the money away for it. And you have constant rumors of butting heads. And then now you have a, a coaching hole where it's like they're such a what they're the biggest what if team in the league. Like what if Ben and Joel work? What if, you know, Tobias Harris gets together? What if they get a good head coach? What if they good get a bunch of shooters off the bench? And it's like, how much longer can you take that before you actually blow the ship up and build something from the ground up? They had a phenomenal team with Jimmy Butler and it just so happened that he was off it because he didn't like the fit there and he wasn't going to grow there and he obviously wanted to win and people knocked him for the heat move and then you see him now about to bounce the best team in the east out of there so mm-hmm. it, it's a mess over there it is I, and I want to just focus on one guy uh J. Cole lookalike Tobias <laughs> Harris um yeah. you know you mentioned Jimmy they didn't resign Jimmy. It was a great article that came out in Athletic this week. Uh, it was a sit down with Jimmy, and he was just talking about how those guys didn't want to work. It was it was different for uh, them there in Philly. So he left, you know. And Philly, uh, the brain trust there, they said, "Hey, we'll offer you the five year max, but you can't talk to anyone else." And Jimmy was like, "Bump that, bro. Like I'm I'm just out here seeing what's out here." And then once that happened, it was like, all right, you're gone. And then they turned around and gave that five-year, $180 million deal to Tobias Harris, who shot in these four games in the playoffs for 100 possessions, 13% from the three-point line. 13%. Didn't even make one a game. Jeez. 13. Like, that. that's just, to me... For a guy who should, if you're paying a guy that much money, that's a number one option money, period. And if not, okay, number two. But he couldn't do that. So he's like the number three behind Joel and Ben, and then he had to get elevated. And Once he got elevated, it was like, nah, bro, I, I don't know what y'all want me to do. To me, as you were saying, that they had enough talent, this shouldn't have been a sweep. I mm-hmm. mean, Joe was giving you 
30 and 10 a game pretty much, somebody else should be there to help him. That's not Shake Milton, you know? Shake did his job. I mean, you got Alec Burks out there launching threes like he's a good three-point shooter. He hasn't been that since he's been in the league. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on. They don't have any guards. They made the move for Tobias uh, and traded away Landry Shaman, who was a good guard for them. They traded away Markel, who has started to play well now. Their guards consist of Shake Milton and Haul Neto. You know, <laughs> these are guys that I mean they're good, but they they don't move the needle. They don't. The only yep. playmaker they had was Ben Simmons, and once he was gone, it was like, oh, what do we do now? You got guys that can't make a simple post entry pass to Joel. Yeah, it was impossible for him. He's just working too hard on the block to get the ball, and that and you know helps tire him out faster. You need guards that can feed the post. That's, I mean, you have Joel and B. Your number one prerequisite for a guard is, hey, can you make a post entry pass? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a lost art. But I mean, they, they can't find one that can do it. To me, the Sixers. I, I mean, I don't know. They got to hire a new coach. You know, if I was Talu, I wouldn't touch that with a ten foot pole. Um, yeah, but that's supposedly who they're they're looking for. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to go there. You know. Yeah. Joel is good, and he could put up thirty ten with his conditioning issues. So I'm not really worried about him too much. But what is Ben Simmons going to be? You know, he, he's a very good defender. He can get to the basket. But what is he ultimately going to be? Is he going to shoot a jump shot? And when I say jump shot, I'm not saying, yeah, shoot threes, shoot threes. I'm like, bro, can you at least shoot like a foul line jump shot? Do something to help your team? I mean, because mm-hmm. if he's not, then I think we need to move him. I mean, to me, the guy to keep is Joel, clearly. Wow. Because you can build around him. I'd be on the opposite side because I just think that durability is one of the undervalued aspects of players right now in the NBA. But at the end of the day, you want someone to go the full 82, not 30, and be great in the 30, but then not be there for the long run. And, you know, you look at the conditioning, and besides, like, the injuries that Ben's facing, he's he's a beast. He's a tank, and he's actually a phenomenal playmaker. And, you know, we had this conversation, we had talk on the pod where it was like, you know, maybe the shooting thing is mental, maybe it's situational, but he's still a great player in the NBA without it. So even if he were to get a smidge of it, then he supersedes himself. So, you know, I feel like in the two, you know, you could really get high value for Joel and build around Ben. And it's a little easier because then around Joel as a playmaker, I don't know how much it's there either because he was getting doubled so much and having a struggle getting the pass out of it. And even though he's not really around the best players in the NBA on the perimeter, you still got to be able to make a pass out the double or a triple or any kind of high pressure situations. And I don't know, he just doesn't have a fast enough motor for me to literally like believe in him to be the, the staple of a team versus Ben Simmons, where if you get rid of Joel and clear up that space for him and kind of figure out some weird system, maybe go rockets route, maybe go just a weird way of building around somebody who has smaller dimensions in their game. I feel like it, it could be more more wins potential with Ben Simmons saying. Mm. Yeah, and it, I, I think you, you could, there's an argument for that, but to me, I think you'd get more back for Ben because he's, you know, the ultimate wing defender, yada, yada, yeah. yada. But I, think I just think the, the consensus is is that, like we're talking about now, is get rid of one of them. Mm-hmm. 
Do it now. Stop playing around and wasting it. And then now you're going to have to pay. You paid Ben. Now you're going to have to pay Joel. Like, you're going to have to run the books up. Like, just figure it out now. Like, run it out now. Oh, before yeah. it gets too late. And then they leave on their own choice. And then you're back, you know, sticking with the guy winning 10 games a, a year. <laughs> you back to trusting the process all over. Process again. part two. That's not, that's not a movie you want to see a sequel of. Not at all. So you know that that's enough ragging on the Sixers for today. Yeah, that was you know? fun. That was good. <laughs> we can add them to our list of teams we like to rag on on things. Uh, so uh, on a positive note, uh, let's talk about how the league is set up going forward. We got a lot of these young guys showing out in, in the bubble playoffs. We don't even go for a bubble, but you got guys like Jamal Murray who stepped up and played huge for Denver and leading them past the. Uh, Utah Jazz, uh, Donovan Mitchell, who also, without him, the Jazz, <laughs> I don't even know. He put Playoff like 50, record. 40. I mean, he's a killer. I never saw that in his future. And, I mean, it's a bunch of various other young guys just out here just just putting in work. And so, you spitball him and you go, Luka, you go, I mean, you can say even guys like Jokic, Giannis, who are still under the age of like 26. You got Tatum, mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, you got Bam Adebayo, you got Victor Oladipo, you got Anthony Davis, you got freaking just young guns around, around everywhere. Exactly. Like, to me, it, I don't know if there's a clear LeBron in, in this class. And what I mean by that, somebody that's going to, absolutely hold the league, captivate the league. Like, whatever LeBron does, people follow or, you know, just this as far as basketball-wise. But as far as you got Luka Doncic, who's probably going to be the closest thing. Yeah. Uh, I- I'm just excited to me uh, just to watch because, you know, my team may not be good next year or the year after. So if I can. But you can, you can consider Bill even a young talent in the league, too. Yeah, it was like what 26? 26, 27? Yeah. 26, 27? He's and just hitting prime. Bradley Bills. I mean, he's the championship piece a lot of teams need. And you can see him coming into his prime. Like each year it's getting it's getting scarier, his skill set. Even though 2K won't give him no love. Only got him as an 89, but you know, 2K be trash on their ratings. Don't even yeah, get me started on their WNBA ratings. I'm not buying it. Do you buy it? 21? Nah, I haven't bought it. I think my sister's going to buy it for me. Uh, I think I'm done. I think after 20 and the stagnancy and the plateau of the game and just not really having the time or care to really put into the park, I think I'm done. I think Ronnie 2K just crashed that ship a while ago. And <laughs> now it's like I'm not really trying to be out here, you know, wearing a pink mohawk and a backpack and missing a thousand fifth <laughs> online, you know. Like, and, and that's the thing with it, like, because you have to play park uh, in 2K. Get your yeah. guy any type of good. Like I just want to play basketball. Like I'm not yeah. here for all the extra. Sometimes I just want to come down, run a pick and roll with my big man. You know, spread the floor and see what options I got. Yeah, it, it was. It used to be so much fun, but at this point, I'm just like, yeah, I'm. I'm not with it. You got guys that clearly have spent over a thousand dollar VC, freaking shooting like from like full court and then doing like seven backflips in front of me, like. I unplug my Xbox. <laughs> shit is not fun no more. Right, I'm trying to square up with one of these young kids out here, out here doing all this unnecessary stuff. But back, back to the back to the league. I mean, you know, there's like we said. I mean, I don't think there is going to be like you said a, a 
huge MVP or a huge, you know, defined best player in the league because at the same time that these young guns are coming up, now the old guys are still, you know, holding on their last legs of life at, at prime ball. And, you know, it's going to take a few more years for them to get weeded out. But I think we're in a new age where it's going to be heavy rivalry season because they're going to be strict playoff matchups. And I don't know if there's going to be a lot of player movement within the teams right now. And it's going to be a lot of young guns trying to cl- claim that spot. And I think that there's just talent dispersed. And we saw it with Devin Booker and the Suns. And, you know, I'm just spitballing all the, all the young guys I've seen showcasing this bubble. Mm-hmm. Do things that I've never seen them do. I always knocked Donovan Mitchell for not being a shooter. And literally he had the most threes in a series. <laughs> and I'm oh, like, I'm not Shit. a shooter? Watch this. Jamal Murray got paid, and I was like, he's not the guy to really be worth it. I mean, you come down to it, and Jokic is the man that's going to take over, and he shut me up. And Tatum, you know, as much as I put all my stock into him and as much as I put all my love into him, I see his inconsistencies, and I see, you know, the flaws he has to his game that kind of hurt him. And obviously, you know, game one of the series, you know, he had 15 points. Like, he has his stinkers of games, but he's a dominant star, you know. You see him come down the stretch, and he has national attention as a star. You see Bam taking it to the, the Bucks right now and, and just having an overall great playoff. And you just see these guys really fill out a closer to their ceiling. And who knows if it's the stage that they're on now that's really showcasing their skill sets or just their natural progression. But I think there's a dispersed large amount of talent around the league right now. And it's crazy to see Luka got bounced in the first round. And immediately it's like, yeah, that guy's winning a few MVPs in the, in the long coming. Not damn yeah, he's kind of not really supposed to be here. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and it's different now because it used to be you hit your peak, uh, your prime, right around 26, 27, 28. But these guys have been playing so much basketball from an early age and just, just keep playing that their primes are seem to have been uh, moved up a bit and it's a little bit extended. Yep. So uh, that's a benefit of the little AAU system. These guys are playing. They're, prof- they're professionals before they're professionals. So they yeah. understand the game. They see the game. And they can make adjustments. And that's why you have so many young guys coming in cooking. And, you know, I'd be remiss if I ain't mentioned my godson, Jalen Brown, who yep. to me is the key for the Celtics. You know, Tatum's going to get his at this point. Kimba's going to do what he's going to do. But when Jalen is hitting them weak side threes and playing outstanding defense, the Celtics are hard to beat. I mean, because just now he's putting the clamps on that man, Pascal Siakam. Yep. And, you know... Siakam is a guy who is another young guy who should warrant some mention, but he can't get it off in the playoffs. He's got that Giannis thing going where he's like, I'm a straight line driver and I got one spin move. And if you stop that spin move, shit, I'm just going to throw it at the rim and pray for the best. (laughs) Pray my teammates catch it. (laughs) Right. Somebody get it. Yeah. I mean, that's the. yeah, there's there's a lot of young pieces. If they're not the stars, then they're they're coming off the bench and and they have their role players and they have their uh, you know potentials and their and their roles where they are. But the youth in the league is definitely uh, refreshing. And I, like I said, I don't think that there's going to be a lot of player movement. But you never really know. And all it takes is a, a couple of buds or a disgruntled situation, and you see some young guys linked together, and yeah. it could be or- it could be an exciting uh, horizon on the NBA's lifetime. Or getting swept after winning MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Exactly. There's a lot of reasons why you want to leave where you're at. So, I mean, 
all it takes is a couple young guys to pair up and you have some dominance for a few years. We talked the Celtics, you know, obviously they have their young core. You look at Dallas, they have their young guys, you know, you have Denver, they have their young guys and all it takes is, you know, a couple player movements and, and you add a little bit to it and you could really, you know, aim some things happen. Right. So, you know, in the interest of time, you want to move on to, to a game I like to call buy or sell. You know, we're going to do this with the teams we have left. And, you know, the first team I want to talk about, since we just talked about the MVP and the Defensive Player of the Year, the Milwaukee Bucks, are you buying or selling their championship aspirations? Well, it's kind of hard not to sell at this point, <laughs> being down 3-0, hey, like, you know. You might have faith in the MVP. First, first time ever to be back up from down zero to three games? I don't know. I'm selling that. I'm selling that. I'm selling that uh, potential. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously Chris Middleton is the Celtics killer, and he's our nightmare. For some reason, he finds a way to average 30 on 50, 40, 90 on us at every single possible potential, I mean, uh, opportunity. But it's coming out again, and, you know, you see him falling apart in these matchups, and you see the rest of the crew kind of not really put, produce the way you need to. You see the same issues with Bud and the whole adjustments thing and really not changing up his game style, really not changing up his rotations, really not, you know, budging. What is that? What is that? Like, why? If everybody in the world knows you need to make adjustments, what is it about Bud that he doesn't understand that you got to make adjustments? Maybe it's just, you know, so many people trying to tell him one thing that he thinks that maybe they're not seeing his image or whatever, whatever it may be. It's failing him heavily. There's no way your your MVP, defensive player of the year, one of the best players in the league, should be playing under 30 minutes in a playoff game. Exactly. That's ridiculous. There's no way that your you know re- rejuvenized uh, stretch center should be playing the most minutes on your team. You have point guards. You have wings. You have you know different lineups you can throw out. You have different you know, combinations of a way to stop Jimmy Butler. Brooke Lopez is leading the minutes on your team. Why? <laughs> Giannis is sitting. Why? Like, why is these, these stretches going along? He's pure dominance. You just have to curate the right rotations around him and unlock him for a nice seven to eight minute stretch, and you could really lock up a game. The Heat aren't that good. I'm telling you right now, like, I, I know they're they're playing above their level and they're looking scary, but they're not that good. Right. Jimmy is good, but he is not this good. Like, <laughs> absolutely. I, you know, Bud hasn't made adjustments in the playoffs for years. And you know, if you allow me to take it back real quick, and this is like 2015-16 when the Wizards and Hawks played in uh, the Eastern Conference semifinals, and this is the year the the Hawks won the 60 games. They had the four All Stars and all that, and they almost lost in the second round. The only yep. reason they didn't lose is because John Wall broke his hand. But you're looking from back then to now, Bud is still hasn't figured out, like, oh, I should probably switch something up in the playoffs. And we talked about this uh, on another pod before, earlier, about how just because you're the number one defense and offense in the regular season, that don't mean nothing when it comes to the postseason, big dog. It's like, you know, you got off letting the Knicks and R.J. Barrett shoot a bunch of open threes. That's cute. But you can't do that when you got actual shooters, Tyler Hero, yeah. Duncan Robinson, Goran Dragic. Like, you got to switch something. You can't just do something that worked 
for an 82 game and think it's going to work in these, you know, 16 playoff stretch games or however more you get into. Yeah, you know so it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're down defensively and you, you, you plug in George Hill to solve that problem. Like, throw Bledsoe in, make a three-guard lineup. Like, find a way to kind of just utilize what you really have and match up with them. You clearly were the number one team for a stretch of time for a reason because in those minutes you had rotations that were key. Now he's throwing out freaking a five-bench player lineup that's just like, why are they playing right now? Why are you going 12, 13 deep, even 14 deep on your bench in a playoff game? Right. This isn't a game in January, my guy. This is the Yeah, you're not practicing rotations, right? This is not even a sweat. Like, why are you running Ilya Slova at the point guard and shit? Right, I'm going to try some things for next year. Um, right, right. Like, <laughs> like bro, like, oh, what if we play him again next year? Like, yo, you're playing right now. <laughs> Say, no, no, no. I, I get that. But next year, you know, we're going to Next year, Dante could be great, so let's run him 32 minutes. We don't know if Giannis is going to be an MVP for 30 years in a row. You never right. know. You never know. He could be trash next year. So. All right. So, I mean. Gian- Giannis is probably off it. If I were him, I'd be off it. Go to Dallas. Make that shit real fun. Go to the West. Nah, Make nah, that shit real fun. Go to Miami. That That's the place to go. I, I'm not trying I, to go. It's weird else. when you switch teams and you stay in a, stay in the same conference. Like Yeah. But, the the Mavs the Mavs are the key. They they're, they if yeah if they get another star player they they move up to top top five team in the league. Absolutely. So uh, we're selling the Bucks. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Been sold. So the team they're playing the Heat buy or sell. I mean, how far do you think they can go? What are you buying selling? I'm still selling. I'm still selling on the Heat because. Like I said, I just don't think they're that great outside of what they got. I think they're playing over their level, and, you know, overachieving is always a compliment. Um, Jimmy Butler is obviously a killer, but I just think that they're a very even matchup for the Celtics. And, you know, even let's just say, quote-unquote, the Raptors get along, their defense can sustain them too mm-hmm. as well. And then when it comes to a finals matchup, like, I don't really think any of the East is really equipped for a Western team, but Heat more or less than uh, than I think the, that Boston would be. I mean, obviously they're manhandling the Bucks right now, but a lot of the a lot of this is self-inflicted wounds by the Bucks as well. Mm-hmm. So I just think you know I've seen good production from Drake Crowder that I know is not sustainable, and I know that their shooters are decent. But when you have a better def- uh, perimeter team that's you know not playing drop coverage on every single game and not budging from it, you know it makes a different story. Exactly. Um, so I mean, I'm not really buying in and thinking that they are. Now what the Bucks could have been, you know, like I think they're really good and I think they're overachieving like crazy. And I think that when they play a more disciplined team and a better on the fly coach, you know, then then, then that's a test. Right now, this is a test for the Bucks, and they're failing completely. They're not <laughs> spelling their name right at this point. And right. the real heat test is going to be next round. So I'm selling on them. Yeah, um, I, I will buy that they can make the NBA finals. But I'm selling on them as one of the finals as a whole. You know, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think they have enough to get to the finals. But they they need another superstar, or another big time name because you can see it even now. Like Duncan Robinson is starting to disappear a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Hero has stepped up his game, but you know Kendrick Nunn, how much can you rely on him? And so, and Jay Crowder, who I, I don't get him. He had yeah. one year, one great year as a three point shooter, and then he fell off. And then now again, he's great again. So I, I don't, I, I don't know. Make, make Jay Crowder great again? Is that what happened? 
I don't know. It's, <laughs> people look, people think of him as a knockdown shooter or think he's trash, and I feel like he's somewhere any, in the middle. Like, he could be. He's essentially Timmy Hardaway Jr. He's just, they're essentially the same guy. Mm-hmm. If his shot's good, then he's good. Like you know, if he's making shots and he's he's actually like valuable out there, and he plays decent defense, but you know, most of the time it's he makes a three and then shoots seven and misses all of them. So yeah, he on that market smart program. I might make seven uh, or I might miss eight. You know, <laughs> market smart is one of the best three point shooters in the league today. Forty percent <laughs> off the dribble, boy. Respect on his name. I, I mean. Game three, he was breaking left and right. So you know. So then we jumped to the Celtics. Then so we're both was you're buying, I'm selling. Yeah. So let's talk East. Let's talk. Let's talk Celtics. I'm buying. I just refinance my house. I'm I'm gonna sell it for that. <laughs> sell my car for that. Like I'm buying. I'm buying OD. I think what we got is dominance. I think that Tatum's at another level. I think Jalen Brown's at another level. I think that there's not gonna be a lot of other nights where Kemba's just you know doing just shooting that poorly from the field i think you know smart will always shoot you know average to a little bit better than average and the games he shoots way better than average he'll regress to it in the next game um i think that losing a game in 0.5 seconds has happened to us too many times and it's really not at our fault it's like a hard kind of coverage and it's a hard, almost hard kind of plays you think back to that chris middleton just freaking bomb from half court when we played the Bucks, same kind of time on the clock. So it's just unlucky, but what, 0.5 seconds away from winning, uh, no, going I'll- up 3 0 and being real putrid in that second half? Like, I don't think, I don't think they're going to come research back. And I think we're built for the finals. And if it's not this year, then it's next year. But a championship's coming for this team. You know, we're making do with a lack of depth, even though people will chime on our depth because we get good production. But, you know, when you look outside of the top four and then smart, you know, Tice is the next best up. You know, it's it's talent wise, you don't see it coming, but production wise, it's running like a freight train, and and we're we're looking fantastic these playoffs. Now, I will say, you guys are looking good. I I, I will buy that you guys can make the finals. I, this is the year to win the finals. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as we spoke about next year with KD coming back, and who knows what the rest of the teams will look like. You know, so I mean, to me, this is the year to get it. It's wide open. It's the bubble. Is this is your the six well, the Celtics time to get it done? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm gonna buy them on that, but I, I'm not sure how that buzzer beat is going to go. You know, some people you hit a buzzer beat and that can energize the team, and now they come back and win four straight. We seen them run off four straight last year against Giannis and the Bucks. So I mean, I'm yeah, a little bit cautious. Yeah. There's a difference when you have someone like Kawhi out there, and at the same time, it can energize your team. It could really humble the other. So I feel like the guys are hungry right now. Right. It goes both ways. So, you know, I'm interested to see what they played today, recording this on a Saturday. So I'm interested to see how they kick it, how they come out. You know, should we play tonight? Wow. This every other day thing is crazy. Right. You really back in it. You don't get no time to rest. No time to rest. Me, I don't even get any mental time to rest. These guys don't even get any (laughs) physical time to rest. Right, so you know, I'm a bomb. Uh, I just know. gotta say, it's the worst feeling in the world watching sports at a bar and losing. Hey. It's like Kemba hits that no look pass, Tice dunks it. I'm like, yo, let me get two shots, please. Put them on the table. All right, let's let the clock run out, and then we'll take these. And then some bullshit happens, and you're just staring at the shots, like, wow. And see, that was and that this was Jalen Brown's fault. 
Uh, it was it was actually Tatum's fault because that was his coverage on the other side, and then we kind of were yeah, in a they, weird zone. And I would blame Tatum. I'd blame Tatum and Brad over Brown. Nah, don't ever blame Jalen Brown. <laughs> you know that's my godson, and I don't I don't want to blame him. But you know if you look at it, Marcus is telling Jalen uh, in the corner, in the corner, he's pointing to the guy that's about to get the ball, and then Jalen has stayed hugged up inside the uh, paint, which I get that because you don't want him to have a lob. And, yeah. But I mean, shouts out to Kyle Lowry for making an incredible pass over yep. a seven twelve taco, which uh, Kyle called him, and you know that can move us right to the Raptors. Are you buying or selling the chances to come back? Selling, I'm selling. I mean, they're good, and OG's been great for them, but they just don't really have another guy to really like take their team over the top. The win that they just got was because the Celtics beat them up themselves up in the second half and weren't really offensively strong. And they took advantage of that, which kudos to them. They're a defensive uh, championship-built team. And, you know, they have a hungry mindset always. So when you kind of slack off or, you know, look away, they definitely take advantage of that. But I just don't think there's enough on that team to really will them four games in a row or three games in a row. Like, this Celtics team is hungry. So as, as their chances look right now, it's not there. And they have to look at themselves and realize that they have a good core of a bunch of supporting guys, but they do need that X factor. They need that robot. They need that, you know, go, go to guy. And if they find that they're lethal, they are, they are scary, but as on their own, it's a bunch of bees running around, you know, mm-hmm. just stinging and stinging, but there's no queen to lead them. Right. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm selling the Raptors. You know, they got Kyle, they got Fred, but they're playing like some, yeah, you know, pass, we mentioned Pascal and just being a straight line driver. I mean, I, I just don't think they have enough scoring in the half court. They don't they don't really have a half court offense. It's either Pascal go spin in the lane and see what you come up with, or it's Kyle go in the lane and fall on the ground so the ref notices you. <laughs> for real, yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> and if, you know, shout out to Marcus Smart for you know, doing that fake charge the other day, flopping. You know, but that that's pretty much. I I love Kyle Lowry. He's a great player, but I hate watching him because every time you look at him, he's on the ground. It doesn't say yeah. like if we were to take shots every time he touched the ground, you'd be drunk by the end of the first quarter. Yeah, so, for real. Uh, you know, so moving on to the West, you know, um. We can go with this Clippers Nuggets series. Are you buying that the Nuggets have any chance in this series? No, I'm selling, and uh, it was that's an easy sell for the first game too. No matter what you want to look at it, they came off of an exhausting, exhausting, exhausting seventh game series, and then to run into a rested Clippers. And this Clippers team is is legit, and I guess we'll we'll you know jump on them in a second. But I just don't think the Nuggets are really built to handle a team like this, and. Defensively, you know, the the Clippers are just going to be a glove on them. And Jamal did his thing the first series. But unless Jokic turns it up into a gear, we haven't seen him take it up into. I don't think they stand a chance. So I'm selling on that. Yeah. uh, From a guy who used to call himself Polo Nuggets, uh, this hurts me to say. (laughs) (laughs) The Nuggets have no chance here. Um, And I thought before the year I had the in my head i was like you know maybe jeremy grant could be a secret Kawhi stopper nope i'm sorry i apologize Kawhi. i didn't mean to do that um yeah so we don't have to spend much time on them but i think it's probably gonna be a wrap for them if i don't think they're gonna get swept but you know six games the clippers will have i think they i think they could get swept (laughs) see i think so 
<laughs> me too. But as as a former Polo Nuggets, I I just can't say that out loud. That's that's not. Yeah, I feel you. That 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 wouldn't. Ty Lawson would be looking down on me. You know, shout <laughs> out to Ty. Uh, so the Clippers. So you're buying the Clippers, I suppose. Oh yeah, I mean, like you said, like you know, you're hoping that someone could be a Kawhi stopper, but it doesn't look like that exists in the NBA oh. today, man. Kawhi is on an absolute different kind of tear. He's essentially just all those mid range jump shots are like free throws to him. You know, they're uh-huh. they're bound to just be perfectly going in and you know, defensively they're dialed in and they're way deeper than I thought they would be. And I mean I'm I really think that they it's gonna be Clippers Rockets and I think Clippers got it in the finals, so Ooh. could be a cha- championship year running for them, man. So I'm buying heavy on what the Clippers got because, you know, all the PG slander was fun in games, but they're really deep, you know? Yeah, that's about over. You know, I'll echo those sentiments. I, I'm buying the Clippers. We don't have to spend much time on them because, you know, they're clearly the better team. Kawhi's yet again playoff MVP, though, you know? Yeah, so far, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, to the last series, which is probably going to shape up to be the best series of the second round. Oh, yeah. um, are you buying the Rockets have a chance to upset the Lakers? Well, I'm gonna keep on keep on the 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 train. You know, I got rocks in six. I think Ooh. that I think that they are better suited to play the Lakers than they were the Thunder. I think that they don't have enough guards on the Lakers to really help out play defense against uh, James and Russ. And you know, if if LeBron's taking this approach where he's gonna kind of sit back, let the series go, blah 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 blah. Like, how I many things you want to chop it to? I just think that if you're not on all your toes, you know, they're gonna run you to the ground and. PJ's been playing great, and I think that as much as they're going to keep that defense moving for the Rockets, you know, they have offensive firepower to roll, and I just don't know. I just don't know about this Lakers team. I find it, I found it to be weird all year, and obviously they were great, and AD and LeBron combo is great and stuff, but I just find them weird, and I've always been a skeptic, so I'm selling on the Lakers, and I'm buying on the Rockets. I think the Lakers have just such a weird built team, and you know, if LeBron's not going to be all the like, you can just see it was a lack in charisma in that game. You know, last night, and if they're going to take it lackluster at the beginning, they could really get steamrolled because it's not the Blazers. You know, it's the Rockets. Right. Like, they're hungry, and they just came off an ugly performance, and they came off a lot of slander. Like, they're hungrier than ever, and this is their opera. They see that, but they see it as a door wide open for them. So, I think I'm taking the uh, D'Antoni ball. With all due respect. Harder than Russ aren't Dame and CJ. Like he just yeah. those are a little bit smaller guards. You can kind of put your big guys on and create some turnovers. But James ain't, ain't going for that. He's a little bit bigger. He can see over what you're trying to do. But you know, I, I'm selling the Rockets' chances. Um, to me, the Lakers are clearly the better team. Mm-hmm. Le- LeBron, you have the LeBron factor one, and then AD when he doesn't play like he's in New Orleans or something. But, you know, I think the Lakers are going to have to put AD at the five. And this isn't them oh, going sm- This isn't them going small. It's just you need him out there. You can't have Dwight and, and JaVale out there, even though JaVale played really well yesterday on defense and the minutes he was out there. Uh, but you can't just win the rebound battle by two. You got to dominate that. If you're going to be yeah. a bigger team, you got to be out rebounding them. But P.J. Tucker was just out toughing them. And I wonder how many games he can – sit there on the block. I mean, he's girthy and he got that little, you know, upper body strength, but he can't keep bodying up AD like that. AD can't allow that. He's going to That's why they got to that's why they got to just keep moving him to the five. You know, like if PJ's going to run his constant minutes there, if you constantly run your minutes there as well, then beat up on the bench with your bigs, then you're perfectly fine. Exactly. So I 
to me, I, I think the Lakers in six. I said Lakers in five before the series, but I, I can see where Houston is going to get a couple games. But yeah, I, I don't see them winning the series long term. What's going to happen is they're going to start doubling and trapping James uh, before he even crosses half court or as soon as he crosses, and they're going to make Russ beat them. So yeah, the, me, the, I, the double, that double coverage they were running on Dame for game two is going to be hard to do against the Rockets because then you're going to leave a lot of the floor open, mm-hmm. and those guys are going to run fast. <laughs> yeah, you, and that's the thing because – the Rockets aren't scared to shoot threes. They'll just chuck them up regardless. And they missed a bunch last night, but a lot of them were open. So, mm-hmm. I mean, but I think you got to get the ball out of James' hands. You got to make him work for his buckets. And you got to just stop fouling. There was a lot of fouls in the game yesterday. Um, but to me, talent wins. And I, to me, I'm taking LeBron and AD over Harden and Russ because Harden had a good game last night, but I've seen his playoff story before. I yep. know how that is, you know. We just seen it last round. So he was in the groove last night, but is he going to do that over a seven-game series? Can can you get to him? Can you tire him out? So th- to me, the Lakers are my champion. That's So I'm buying wow. them getting that far. So I, I'm, I'm selling the Rockets, even though they played well in game one. So did the Trailblazers. So that's what I'll say there. Interesting, interesting. Well, to me, that that sounds like uh, the bell ringing and somebody's got to get up off my couch. Uh, got yeah. a new patient that's, coming in that, soon. That's about the hour. Let's let's uh-huh. not uh, let's not let this time pass again, man. I'm glad we got to do this because the time this weekend is flying by. Right, you know, just to just to throw it in, watch Mulan last night, yo. I can't believe Disney made me spend the money on that. Was it good? It was alright. I just think these remakes are just like weird. They have their own, but you know, I don't really find the hype behind them. And I, I, my stupid ass paid for that shit and (laughs) watched it on a Fire Stick or something like. Yeah, I'm gonna wait till uh, December when it come out for free. Yeah, it was, it was, it was straight, but you know. Definitely no way to start my weekend. <laughs> I got drunk and watched OG kill me at a bar, and then and I watched you watching Mulan um, movie. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't know, I don't cool. know man. Hey that's y'all, me. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a wrap on another episode. Remember to subscribe, rate, review. We on Apple Podcasts. Go get we that. Are, go get we that. We are on. We are on every platform at, in the possible world. So exactly. go follow. If you're outside, stay safe while you're listening. If you're inside, thank you for keeping your distance and, you know. Oh, another thing we didn't do. Shout out to Steph, who won our first guest contest. Look out for her on a coming episode. Interview coming soon. And for all you guys saying it's rigged, we're going to have her take an oath at the beginning of the episode. (laughs) Blood oath. Blood oath. Blood oath. All right, man. So until next time. Until next time, look out for the next contest, you know, and uh, look out for the next episode. We got some special cooking up for the conference finals, so, you know, we got y'all. All right. All right, man. I'll catch you, brother. All right.